Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, this awesome, beautiful, God-given day. On a clear night, go outside, and many of us have, to look at the moon. Look at the stars. The stars show us things about God. As I read Psalm 8, I would like for you to listen to the words such as strong, smart, loves beauty, creator, and artist. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the whole earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. You have made sure that children and infants will praise you. Their praise is a wall that stops the talk of our enemies. I think about the heavens. I think about what your fingers have created. I think about the moon and stars that you have set in place. What are human beings that you think about them? What is the son of man that you take care of him? You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have placed on them a crown of glory and honor. You made human beings rule over everything your hands created. You put everything under their control. They rule over the flocks and the herds and over the wild animals. They rule over the birds in the sky and over the fish in the ocean. They rule over everything that swims in the ocean. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the whole earth. Let us come to the Lord in worship. Our hymn is number 457, Come and Feast for All Are Welcomed, 457. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
Well, good morning once again. We are glad that you are here today. I would love the opportunity to meet with you uh, briefly in the vestibule following the service if you are with us for the first time today. We do want to be mindful of many of those who are traveling today. We know of some on vacation and some out for a wedding and different things, uh, but we are grateful that you are here and we anticipate uh, God moving among us as we worship and remember him through communion this morning. Last Sunday, there was an overwhelming response to uh, prayer partners for our Guatemala mission team. And at the end of the service today, there will be a special time to commission. Uh, Bonnie will be leading in a prayer. And uh, as we commission these uh, who are going to Guatemala a week from yesterday, we'll be leaving early next Saturday morning. And so we invite you to be in prayer for us. There is a general prayer guide over there on the table that you are encouraged to pick up. But there's also a prayer partner sheet over there, and you're welcome to put your name. Many of some are already filled up, but you can just put your name in there somewhere. And if you do that for a specific team member, pick up a little paragraph slip that's in the brown envelope over there. And this slip would tell, they would tell you, this is how you can pray for me as we leave for Guatemala and as we are on mission there next week. We'll be doing some construction. And we have all of our ladies on the trip who will be taking a stint at staying in the orphanage. And so you be in prayer for them and be in prayer for all of us as we uh, have enjoyed meeting and there's a great sense of team spirit about uh, this mission. And we are excited about what God will do in us and through us and with the people there in Guatemala. We have many that continue to, we need to continue to be mindful of that are on our prayer list, some of which are home now and some of which are just struggling physically. Let us be mindful of them and not only our sick, but also all those who are faced with decisions and, and um, some things right now. Go with me now, if you will, in a word of prayer. Eternal God, we are grateful for this day. We are grateful for uh, your beauty as it has been displayed, as Ellen remind us, reminded us this morning in our call to worship. We're grateful for the stars and for the moon and the sun. And as many have been and, and are now at the beach, Lord, as we think about sunsets and sunrise, and uh, we are just grateful for your beauty. And in it, we see your splendor. Lord, we come today uh, seeing a different type of beauty as we think about your body and blood, your body that was broken and blood that was shed on the cross for us, Father. Uh, Lord, what a beautiful picture of love that you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. Father, as we come, help us to not come haphazardly. Help us not to come too quickly. But Lord, help us to look within, to confess if needed. Lord, to uh, acknowledge that you are God and that we are man. And that, Father, we are in desperate need of your mercy. Lord, our world is in need of that today. We pray not only for those sick among us and those within our community. Lord, we pray for those who are dealing with decisions this morning that have uh, great consequences. Lord, regarding family and career and future, we pray for wisdom and discernment. For those making decisions now that will affect them this fall as they return to school or return to a job that maybe begins uh, here uh, in a few weeks, we do pray for your protection and provision for them. Lord, we love you. We lift up uh, those men and women who serve your kingdom, Father, throughout our world as missionaries, both here at home and around the world. And Lord, we do pray for your protection and provision for them. May they have fruitful ministries. Father, we lift up the team headed to Guatemala this next Saturday. We do pray for safety in the plane and in the van and as we're there throughout our week. Lord, bless those and give us strength as we serve and work on a construction site. But Lord, also those who serve and work there in the orphanage this next week as well. Father, protect us, provide for our needs, and Father, may our witness be strong, and uh, Father, may your spirit be reflected in our lives through our words and our actions. 
Lord, we love you. We commit this service to you now. Father, stir our hearts today and speak to us in new ways, in ways that we need to be spoken to today. Encourage, challenge, convict. And Lord, may we, when we leave when we say it's good to have been in the house of God today. It's in Jesus' name we pray this prayer. Amen. Our hymn is number 71, Be Thou My Vision. 71. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, and we thank you that we can participate in your kingdom work through our tithes and our offering. Father, let these be not the leftovers, but the first fruits of what we earn. May they be magnified and multiplied and used for the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Matt and Roger. What a beautiful piece. Our scripture verse, once again today, finds its, find, leads us to Proverbs, and we are in chapter 29 today. Today is July the 29th, and we have a timely message from Proverbs 29, verse 18. If you will do me the honor of reading it with me. Where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint, but happy are those who keep the law. Many know this verse by the King James Version, reading of it, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Will you pray with me once again? God, we're grateful for another opportunity to be together as the body that is given the, the name Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Stir our hearts, move us closer to your likeness today in our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. May the things we say, the things that we do bring honor and glory to you. And Father, may you stir us and speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the classic novel, Alice in Wonderland, Alice comes to a fork in the road with one path leading one way and the other path, of course, leading the other. And she asks the Cheshire cat for advice. She said, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? That depends a good deal on where you want to get to, said the cat. I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. A common paraphrase of this, which you, many of you have heard, is part of the story. It says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Unfortunately, this is true and sad in some lives individually. Uh, it also can be true for businesses, for corporations, institutions, and sadly, it can be true for the church as well. When interviewing with the pastor search committee over three years ago, in the winter of 2015, I was told that Boiling Springs Baptist Church was a diverse church. And I have learned that that statement has been very accurate in my last uh, three plus years here. Uh, we are a diverse lot, both uh, professionally in our occupations. Uh, we are a diverse lot theologically. We're a diverse lot with music, with uh, practice and ways that outreach, maybe ways we should, we should do things. We're a diverse lot in that some cheer for teams that uh, have the shade of Carolina blue, which is pretty good. And then we have some that cheer for the darker blue. And then we have some that cheer for red and then some that cheer for that awful orange uh, that's not even in the same state. Um, so um, yes, I see those hands out there. Um, but we're a diverse lot in many ways. Today's scripture verse has been used for centuries regarding the church's vision and church's direction. Our translation that we read earlier is where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. And I want to walk us through the words of this verse. Like I shared last week in the Hebrew, there's different ways that uh, scholars interpret certain words in the Hebrew, especially in Proverbs. Um, but uh, one of the ways with the word prophecy, it, uh, as you know, in the King James, it says vision. I think prophecy is a more accurate term when you realize the, the definition behind the Hebrew word there. It's a revelation from God. And so prophecy would be very accurate. It could also mean word from the Lord. Uh, so if we say where there is a word from the Lord, 
uh, the Old Testament books of Isaiah, Nahum, and Obadiah, and there's probably others, would include this word that the Hebrew has in the title of the book. It would be Isaiah's word from the Lord, uh, Nahum's word from the Lord, Nahum's prophecy, if you will. Where there is no word from the Lord, the people, and as I said earlier, the King James would say perish. Uh, the word is more properly translated unrestrained. It suggests that this verb has a sense of letting loose, if you will, a, a, a moral uh, of, uh, uh, let's see, a removal of moral restraints. So uh, then it concludes, happy are those who keep the law at the end of the verse. So another reading of this verse could be, where there is no word from the Lord, people are let loose. People are unrestrained. This, this verse reminds us that there are forks in the road for churches. There's an overarching mission, goal, vision, if you will, for churches to be about the things of the Lord. Most churches have a time, all I believe, a time to come and worship. They are about service. They are about uh, acts of, of, of sharing our faith and outreach in their local communities. But each church's ministry, I think you would agree with me, looks different. Uh, each church has its own unique way of going about that. Uh, the way that Boiling Springs Baptist might do that would be different maybe than the way Flint Hill Baptist or the way First Baptist Shelby would do that. But nevertheless, we're unique. The unique mission of an inner city church might look different than the unique mission of a rural church, if you will. And as BSBC, as BSBC continues to discover and discern more specifics regarding our unique mission, I'd like to share with you this morning three biblical principles or purposes for the church identified in the book that some of you have read recently by Henry and Richard Blackaby called Flickering Lamps that I feel that we can unite around as Bowling Springs Baptist Church. First, let us be mindful that God created the church for his eternal purposes and Christ is the head of the church. I think that goes without saying. He is the one who builds it. And no matter the location of the church, the size of a church, the unique mission of the church, these are three things that any church of any size, of any location, of any certain personality should be about. The first of which is to glorify God. Every church that exists today should exist to glorify God in all of its endeavors. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in you, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, to all generations. He says later in Romans eleven thirty six, for from him and through him and to him are all things and to him be glory forever. The ultimate purpose for every Christian is to glorify God. There is no higher calling. We glorify God by loving God. When Jesus was cornered by the disciples, the religious leaders, excuse me, uh, they said, which of all the commandments is the greatest? And of course, we know, many of us know Jesus' words. He said to love the Lord my God with all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. As we do that, we are glorifying God. We glorify God through our service. We do this individually and we also do this as a corporate body. Every believer in every church must ask ourselves the question, am I and are we bringing glory to God through our actions and through our words? Through our worship, through our service and our very lives, it is our aim to glorify God in everything that we do. Every ministry of outreach, every ministry of inreach and in pastoral care, uh, in our worship services and everything we are and in everything we do, this is the reason we exist, and how are we doing at glorifying God? The church also exists to make disciples. 
Nowhere is this more clear, clearer than in Jesus' final command in Matthew 28, 18, where he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Churches are not merely made up of people who believe in Christ, but they should be made up of people who are following Christ. If we are following Christ, if we have looked to him and we have trusted in him and we are seeking to live for him, we are following him and not merely believing in him. A disciple would be a student, an apprentice, if you will, that would follow their rabbi around and would seek to have the knowledge and seek to live their life as the one that, uh, again, the one who is discipling them. We are called to reach out worldwide, not to just to those who are in our zip code and those who look a lot like us. Uh, Jesus reminded us of this in Acts 1-8 when he says, uh, he tells us that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit empowers us to be his witnesses in, our, in Jerusalem, in Boiling Springs, in Judea, North Carolina, the United States, Samaria, and to the remotest part of the earth. In what ways are we individually growing as a disciple? And as we grow, are we sharing what we are learning and what we are experiencing with others. The third purpose of why we or any church exist, Henry and Richard Blackaby says, are to preserve and bless the community. To preserve and bless the community. Matthew 5, 13 through 18, Jesus commanded his disciples to be salt and light wherever they went. I think we all know that salt is a preservative. It helps preserve things. As we think about the people of, of God being salt in the midst of their community, we think about families being preserved because of people who are walking and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. We think of communities being enriched and strengthened because there is a church in that community who seeks to walk and live for Christ. I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, but he's from Louisville and Candy uh, knows of him and his ministry, but he was at Gardner-Webb recently for a, a pastor school and was uh, giving testimony of how a certain area of Louisville has changed because this church decided to take the commands of Jesus seriously. They decided to glorify God in everything that they did and they decided to make disciples and they decided to, to be relevant in the midst of the community where God had placed them. And the things that he's telling us that have transpired and the way that that community has changed because of that church was absolutely phenomenal. Scripture verses that you may be mindful of, one is in Jeremiah 29, 7, um, when the, the, the people of God uh, had been exiled to Babylon, uh, Jeremiah commands them, or it says, seek the welfare of the city I have deported to you. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it has prosperity, you will also prosper. Proverbs 11.10, back a few weeks ago when I was reading this, was, came across the verse that says, when the righteous thrive, a city rejoices. I love that verse. When the righteous thrive, a city rejoices. What would that look like for Bowling Springs Baptist? If we are glorifying God in everything we are doing, if we are seeking not only to be disciples ourselves, but leading others to walk more fully in their relationship with the Lord, what would that look like for our city? This week, I just was in Dollar Tree picking up readers because that's what we all do who need readers, right? We go to Dollar Tree because we lose them. And I'm grateful that Candy has a stash up in the, uh, in the choir. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have just said that, Candy. Um, but she has a stash up there in the choir room. And so every now and then, I know I've had readers in my, in my bag that I bring back and forth. I've had readers at home. And so I found myself at the Dollar Tree once again buying two new readers. And I haven't lost them yet. It's been three or four days. And so I'm, I'm proud of myself. But um, I found myself there and I was talking to Doris Blanton this week. And uh, she reminded me, she said, Keith, and I forgot how all this came about. She said, Keith, I've had several people in here recently that have just talked about our church 
um, and what we're doing in the community. And she said, there were some cookies left here by someone at the church. And I, I, she said, do you know, any, I, I didn't know anything about it. It was just recently. Uh, I know Ellen is in and out of there a lot and doing some things with the folks at Dollar Tree, but it blessed me. And Doris was saying how people in the church, not only are people in the community, not only who work at Dollar Tree, but who are frequenting Dollar Tree, she had just been hearing comments about that. And I was blessed to hear that. Again, how can we be the preservative and the blessing that God would have us to be in our local community? Uh, last Sunday night, uh, due to the storms, a lot of our uh, firemen and policemen were out helping restore power in Bowling Springs and, and doing different things because we had a pretty bad storm come through. But we had some firemen that did attend our watermelon social. And so it was a great way to bless them and to, to give them some little hero bags that Ellen and some children had prepared for them. Another small way, again, that we bless our community and then we let others, folk, let others know about the love of our Lord and Savior. As we move into the fall, many of you will begin hearing in the coming weeks, uh, more so probably in September, about some internal needs that we need to begin addressing as a church family. And these are serious needs. We've got some parts of our building and our facility here that need attention and need some, uh, some, fu some funding uh, to help us. Uh, and you'll, you'll begin hearing more about that. But one of the things I've already started challenging the staff and other leaders in our church uh, with a message is this, is that as we focus on those needs internally, we must not and we cannot afford to lose sight of the community in which God has placed us in. Yes, we do need to be serious about taking care of this facility so that it will be here for the community 50, 100 years from now. But at the same time, as we, as we look inward, we must not and we cannot afford to stop looking outward into the community that God has called us to and that God has placed us in. I love the quote I heard before, and I've read in, in Flickering Lamp's book that I mentioned earlier, and it says, God intends for local churches to be such a blessing to their community that even unbelievers would be saddened if the church were to relocate or close its doors. These three purposes do not answer all of our questions about our future and specifics in regards to our unique mission um, or give us all the direction that we need, but they sure are a great place to start. How are we today, how are we doing at glorifying God in everything we do? How are we doing at becoming the disciple that he would have us to be and then making disciples that he commanded us to in Matthew 28? And then how are we doing at preserving and blessing the community that God has called us to live within? As we begin to transition to partake of the Lord's Supper at this time, I wanna ask our deacons to come forward. And as they come, I want us to, to think about uh, something. One of the things that has hurt the church for some time, and I would say throughout its, its beginning, and still hurts it today in many ways, is hypocrisy. I think we all know what hypocrisy is, but it's uh, uh, us putting on a face, if you will, proclaiming to be something that we are not. And uh, it has continued to hurt the church and not only this community, but, but I mean, in all communities. Um, it seems to be a sore spot, if you will, for the church having a greater sense of effectiveness in the community. On Wednesdays, we've been looking at a book, uh, one of my favorite authors, Philip Yancey, you've heard me say that probably time and time again, his book, What's So Amazing About Grace? And we've been looking at it from different angles. I feel like it's kind of like the diamond and we're looking at it from underneath and the side and on top. And we've been having a good time doing that and a good crowd there on Wednesdays at 11 as we've been doing this. But in, in Philip Yancey's book this last week, 
Um, we came across this and talked about it, and I feel it's appropriate as we lead in to partake of the Lord's Supper. He says, I know of only two alternatives to hypocrisy. One is perfection. And he said, it's not a realistic alternative since I have found no one who can love the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, and with all of their strength. It's probably not the best alternative to hypocrisy would be perfection. None of us can achieve that. The only other option that we are left with is honesty. And not just honesty, but honesty that leads to repentance. Not just honesty that says, I've messed up, but an honesty that says, not only have I messed up, but I'm gonna confess this to God and maybe even to someone else and begin to go a different direction. Repentance has that meaning behind the word. It's I'm walking this way, I repent, and I begin to walk this way. Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 11, 27 and 28 give us a clear instructions about how we are to come to the table. And there in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I spoke earlier about Alice and the fork in the road, the different paths. There are different roads before us this morning, but the honest road is the one where we confess that we don't have it all together. The best road for a disciple of Christ is the one where we stand vulnerable in God's presence and say we are in desperate need of your mercy at this hour. It's a road that leads us to the cross it's a road where we do not presume to come trusting in our own righteousness, but in his mercy. It's a road that I'm inviting you to come down today. And it's a road where forgiveness and freedom can be found. At this time, we're gonna uncover the table and I would ask that you prepare your hearts to receive the Lord's Supper this morning.
On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples saying, take, eat, this represents a body broken. Do this in remembrance. God, we praise you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for the sins of the world. We do not presume to come to the table trusting in our own righteousness, but in your mercy. Forgive our sins, cleanse our hearts, and put a new spirit within us. Make us aware of your presence, Lord, in whose name we pray, amen. And in like manner, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks for it, he gave it to them saying, this, blood of the covenant poured out for you, for all, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance.
Do this in remembrance of me.
the blood of our Lord, shed for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. Scriptures tell us that after they shared the meal together, they sang a hymn, and we're inviting you to stand and sing together. Blessed be the tie, hymn number 267. Let's stand and sing together. Bonnie comes to lead us in our closing time of commissioning for the Guatemala team. If you are here today and uh, you did, uh, you do desire to make a decision or would like to talk with someone, I would welcome that opportunity after our service today. Bonnie. I invite all of the 11 members of the team going to Guatemala to come in the front here and face the congregation, please. They will be leaving on Saturday, as you've heard, to go to Guatemala and uh, it's a long trip. But anyway, be praying for them as they go. The Lord commands us to go and make disciples. And that's what they will be doing. As we pray for them this morning, I invite any of our congregation that would like to come lay hands on one of these team members, and then I will be leading us in prayer. So if you would like to come and lay hands on one of these team members as we pray and commission them to go out, I invite you to come now to put your hands on them, please. Let us pray. Father, you have commanded us to go and to make disciples in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And as this team prepares to leave on Saturday to go to Guatemala, we pray that you would be with them, be with them in this final week of preparation. We pray that their training has been productive and useful as they prepared for all the tasks that they will be going and doing. But Lord, help them to be flexible because many times you prepare for tasks that they're going to do and things change and help them to have that flexibility. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for their hearts as they go to a foreign country. Many of them will see poverty that they've never seen before as they go into a third world country. 
as they land in a capital city and then as they travel by van to this area where they'd be at the Good Shepherd Orphanage. Be with the children they'll be ministering to. Be with the Grossmans that lead them as they're there. Lord, we pray that you would help them, that they would lead people to Christ, even if they're using a hammer or a saw or rocking a baby, that someone would come across their path and each team member would be capable and ready and prepared to lead someone to Christ because that's their ultimate goal as they go. Lord, we pray that you would just open their hearts and just help them in everything that they do. We pray for them to never be the same from the experiences that they have. We send them out as missionaries from Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And Lord, we pray that you would help them to go in the grace of Jesus as they go and make disciples. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.